We welcome you this evening to our worship service. Very glad that you're here tonight in the house of the Lord. We want to begin our meeting, please, with number 423. The words will be on the screen, redeemed how I love to proclaim it. If you know the Lord tonight, then sing with all your heart unto him. We'll stand to worship. good singing tonight to the praise of the Lord. Let's settle our hearts now down and we'll just commit our meeting to him, please, in prayer. Our loving Father, rejoicing tonight in our hearts that once more we are in the house of prayer and of praise, and we come to offer our thanksgiving and our worship, Lord, tonight. We come to give thanks for this blessed truth we have been singing about that we have been bought with a price, not of things corruptible of silver and gold, but of the precious blood of our Redeemer. And Lord, tonight we know that it is well with our souls, that we have a home in heaven, that no one 
And no power can take that away from us, for we are secure and safe, sealed by that atoning work of our Lord Jesus. And Father, we're thankful as we were able to remember this morning around the table the death of our Redeemer. And Lord, we acknowledge tonight that we are alive in Him and we know that being risen in Christ and with Him, we seek those things that are above where Christ sits at the right hand of the Father. Lord, give us, we pray tonight, the joy of the Savior in our hearts. We might feast on the word of truth that as it is open tonight and we hear the presentation of the work you're doing in Mexico, the Lord, we ask again for your hand to be upon Pastor Pena, that you would strengthen him and bless his family. We're very thankful, Lord, that they can be with him here at these special meetings this week. And Lord, we commit every detail of our service. We pray for every detail of the week of meetings, that in every area we'll know your presence and help and blessing. Dear Father, we ask for help to be with the members of our congregation and the friends who are set aside because of sickness or old age. Lord, be with them where they are. Some have debilitating health issues, and Lord, we pray that they will know the strength of the Holy Spirit upon them, to bless them, to encourage their hearts, to lift them up. We ask also, Father, for unsaved family members. Is it not time, Lord, to break through in their hearts and to save them? Or maybe there are those who are backslidden. Lord, please, we ask to draw them to yourself. And may they know the joy of fellowship with Christ, the joy of walking in communion with the Lord Jesus. And Father, what we long for to know that experience day by day, not something that is just to appease the flesh, not something that is just to have an experience, but rather, Lord, that we might know that spiritual a meeting with Christ every day and a walking with our God. Indeed, Lord, that is the answer to our prayer for spiritual reviving. We will know our God more intimately and that, Lord, we will walk in your presence moment by moment. So, Father, hear our prayers tonight. Remember the needs of our nation. Remember the needs of our leaders. O oh God, speak to their hearts, save their souls, and restrain them from doing evil things. And Lord, may we have the freedom to continue to preach the gospel, whether in a public forum as this or in the private conversation. Open up doors, we pray, and help us all to be soul winners for Jesus. The Lord be with us now, we pray, and bless every detail of our service. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.
Number 610, how firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord. And we will stand, please, again as we worship. in it, you have to take a little rest maybe. Well, it's good to think about these words again. Words of verse 5, when through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee, I only design thy dross to consume and gold to refine. Well, that's a good scriptural lesson for us right there. Because the trials come, and we sometimes wonder, why, Lord, are they there? But let us never forget that in God's great purpose and providence, he sends all these things to us. And as he sends them, he has a purpose. The trial may be difficult, but he's burning off the dross, getting all the impurities away, and he is refining the gold of our testimony. And let that be an encouragement and a blessing to us all. Verse 6.
please turn with me in our congregational reading to the book of 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. The opening verse. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, not for money, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples, examples of the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all of you, Be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Silvanus, a faithful brother unto you, as I suppose I have written briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God wherein ye stand. The church that is at Babylon, elected together with you, saluteth you, and so doth Marcus, my son. Greet ye one another with a kiss of charity. Peace be with you all that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. May the Lord bless his word to us tonight. It is never a thing that we should forget that the devil has his purpose to undermine our faith, and he is always attempting to come to attack the believer in our walk. And the Lord has told us the antidote to that is to resist the devil, that he will flee from you. And that is what we do by the grace 
and with the power of the Holy Spirit to be enabled to walk faithfully with our God. Every day as a Christian, the devil has an intention of making us stumble and fall. He has the crosshairs of his weaponry targeted upon us. Now the Lord tells us, be strong in him. Have on the armor of God by prayer and by faith, and that we will walk in the center of his will and know his joy and his peace and daily victory. And the Lord will answer our prayers. May God bless his word as we have thought tonight on this. Welcome to our evening service. We're very glad that you are here tonight. And if you are visiting with us from the neighborhood, first time you maybe have been here in our church, we want you to know you're very welcome. Take a moment and sign our visitor's book before you leave tonight at the, on the back. And also, please, if you're watching online and you're tuning in for the first time, you will see an email come up on the screen sometime through the service. And please take note of that and then write to us. And if we can be of any help, if we can pray with you on some matter, then please let us know that. We're very happy to welcome the Pena family with us to our service tonight. Uh, behind me is Pastor Lalo Pena. Our brother is no stranger here. He was here a few years ago when we had our week of prayer in the place of Fredericton, and he came back through Toronto, and he was with us here in our church. We're so happy that his family, his dear wife Elizabeth, is with us tonight, and his daughter Pamela, and then we have uh, Uriel and Gadiel. I think I've got those names about right, maybe not. But anyways, guys, we're very happy that you're here, and the whole family, you're very, very welcome in the Savior's name. And then this morning we enjoyed the ministry of Brother Andrew Fitton, and he's with us again tonight, and also our brother Richard Craig, who is the pastor of the work in Little London in Jamaica. And this is the beginning of a very exciting week for us Let me give you a quick overview of what's going to be happening. Tomorrow, most of the men, ministers, and elders will be traveling uh, to come here. We have a barbecue at 5.30 for those visitors who are coming. And then at 7.30, we have the first of the men's prayer session. It's really an introductory one. And we're looking forward to Brother Logan Elder, who was recently ordained to our Orlando congregation He's going to be bringing the message for the men tomorrow night. And then Tuesday starts the really the full slate of meetings. 8.45 in the morning is when we make a start for the men and for the visiting ladies, the wives who are here as well, and of course the elders' wives and elders who are here in our congregation as well. And then Tuesday evening we are hosting a dinner for the visitors And that will be at 5.30 in the church basement. And uh, Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday evening, that's really the target point for our congregation, those two nights. So I want you to be sure that you keep those times aside, emphasizing 7 p.m. is the timing for those two meetings on Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday is an exciting time. It's going to be our midweek worship time. Uh, Reverend Jeff Bannister is the preacher for that night. We have two men that we are hoping will be licensed, 
uh, for the ministry of the gospel, and Brother Richard Craig and also Frank Dederno. And then we will also have two testimonies on Wednesday night, along with the ministers and elders who will be singing a message and bringing a message in song, and it will be a full night. There will also be a fellowship time afterward on Wednesday night downstairs. Then Thursday at 7 o'clock is our congregational dinner, and everyone in the church is invited and uh, brings enough for your family and enough for the visitors that we have as well. And it's always an exciting and a blessed time. We also have a couple of testimonies planned for Thursday night after the dinner downstairs as well. Next Lord's Day, uh, we meet right up until Friday with our presbytery meetings in the afternoon each day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday is a bit of a shortened day when many of the men will be traveling back to their churches. And then next Lord's Day, We have two of the visiting men from Northern Ireland. Reverend John Greer will be preaching in the morning, and then Reverend John Armstrong in the evening time. Brother Peniel was in the Berry congregation this morning, and uh, Brother Peniel will be in the Port Hope congregation next Lord's Day morning. That's right, brother, isn't it? Next Lord's Day morning. I'm trying to remember all these things in my mind. I've been over this schedule a thousand times, I think, trying to make sure every detail is in place. And uh, we've been praying that the Lord will give us help and every blessing will be upon each of these services. So those are the, the schedule of meetings we have for us. Don't forget, please, also the youth choir will be meeting after tonight for a brief practice, our young adult choir. So please remember that. I'm sure I have forgotten something. I have a list of notes here as long as my arm, and I try to make sure everything's down, but something might be... Oh, I know one thing. Jonathan reminded me tonight. If you're coming to the dinner on Thursday evening, there is a sign-up sheet out the back. We just need to know how many families are coming and how many in your family, so we can set up the number of tables downstairs and be sure we're well prepared for that. So please just jot down your name and number that will be with your family that will be coming tonight. Well, as I mentioned before, it uh, was a real blessing for us a few years ago to welcome uh, Pastor Lalo Peña from the work in Cordoba in Mexico He was with us in our Fredericton time of prayer, stopped by here. He was on his own traveling at that time. We enjoyed his fellowship, and we have been praying for that work. And we're very glad that they have made their application to the presbytery to be constituted as an official free Presbyterian ministry in Cordoba in Mexico And so this is an exciting piece of business that we have to do this week in our presbytery. And uh, there are many exciting things that we're looking at. And the Lord has been answering prayer. We're moving forward, and he is blessing our work. And we are praying for more young men to sense the call of God into the ministry, whether it is into a missionary capacity or into a full-time pastoral situation but the Lord is at work, and we pray that will continue. And so as our brother uh, would uh, look forward, he's been licensed already. That happened about a year ago, 
and uh, we're looking as the church would be constituted to set up a time for him to be ordained as the official pastor in the work in Mexico. So, brother, these are exciting things, and tonight he's going to be sharing with us a few slides, a few photographs that you'll see on the screen and talking a bit about his work, and then he's going to be sharing the Word of God with us this night. So you're very welcome, brother. The Lord bless you. And that switch on, you're right. Okay. You're all charged up. <laughs> Amen, brother. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, good afternoon. No, good evening. Sorry. Uh, it's a blessing to be among you again. Thank God for the opportunity to be with you. It was an adventure to get here. And uh, thank God for that time. It was a blessing for us as family. I want to begin uh, saying thank you a lot from the bottom of my heart because you were a blessing uh, on last uh, month of December. You don't know how good it was to receive your love expressed in that support. As family, we want to express our deep uh, thankfulness, first, through our good Lord, and secondly, for you for your love, your kindness, your prayers. And we are so moved as family to be here and uh, please receive our thankfulness, receive the love of the church there in Cordoba. We are so happy to be part of this denomination. We are not in the wrong sense uh, proud uh, to be Presbyterian, but in a very humble way we are. We are so moved by the love of the, of the Lord, by His faithfulness, to get to this point, Lord willing, this week we will have the privilege to receive our uh, status as a Presbyterian church constituted by, by the Presbytery under your care. And the brethren are very happy about that. And they take the risk to make a, a request for me to be their pastor. So the Lord take care of them. <laughs> and uh, we hope that the Lord is going to do something uh, marvelous for us in the city of Cordoba. Um, so at this point, uh, let's do a, a word of prayer together to give thanks to our good Lord. Our good Lord, thank you very much for this opportunity to be among my brethren. Thank you very much for this blessing to have with me my, with me, my family, Lord. It's a glorious manifestation of your grace and your love to be here with my beloved brethren brethren, and my beloved family. Thank you so much for bringing us here with your kindness, with your love, with your um, good work on us. And I want to ask you humbly, dear Lord, that you bless this time, that this little report encourage our brethren, that the word your word be a blessing for them that change, they challenge our mentality, the situations that we are involved and that you have the first place in all that we do and all that we consider important, that you uh, be the center of all of our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, that is the name that we have uh, un until now, uh, uh, Coramdeo Reformed Church, Lord willing, we will be uh, Coramdeo Free Presbyterian Church. And uh, at this point, precisely this week, we are going to uh, celebrate 
in our hearts and in our minds. The uh, anniversary number nine. We began in 2014, as Brother Larry uh, has said. I was here in 2017, uh, 2017, and I was uh, took under care of the presbytery in 2014. A lot of things has happened at this point. The, and what we have seen is the blessing, the uh, care, the fidelity of our Lord expressed in every situation, every problem, every challenge. And uh, I want to say that he's been so good. The Lord has been faithful with his uh, word, with his promise. And we don't have anything to boast in ourselves. So thank God for that. Uh, at this point, the church is um, a number of um, 25 people that is attending every Lord's Day. We have been working hard uh, trying to establish this uh, Reformed theology in our way of thinking, in the way in which we worship the Lord, in which we um, approach uh, to the lives that everyone has, and uh, it's been a blessing. So let me show you some uh, photographs. That was at the beginning. We used to have... Uh, many people uh, involved in this, uh, in this part of the church. As you remember, I began this work with Brother Marcus Reyes. Finally, he decided uh, not to be part of the denomination. That doesn't mean that we have a very good relation. He's a very good friend of mine. He's been a blessing. So that was the beginning when we used to be together. So there was a, a time of too many things happening in our lives. And uh, that was the beginning. This was uh, one of the first um, baptism um, uh, celebrations that we had. Uh, that man, thank God, uh, uh, the brother Faustino, remains faithful to this day. That man was uh, uh, a man that had a huge problem with the alcohol. The Lord came to his life, and that man is faithful to this day, and we thank God because of that. And um, uh, uh, the other brother, this is uh, a meeting. Uh, the lady that is uh, stand, stand up in that uh, peak, uh, she was uh, reached while I was uh, working in the potable water system in Cordoba. She was one of my uh, people in charge. She was in a situation difficult. Uh, she had problems with, the, uh, with his nerves. And uh, that one day somebody told me that Mrs. Letty, her name is Letty, uh, was taking a crisis, and she was crying in a, in a room over there, and I went to see her, and I remember how I tell her that she could go to our church. Uh, that day I had to confess that I, that I was a pastor, that I am a pastor. She accepted the invitation, and from that day on, because of the power of the gospel, because of the power of grace, this lady has remained faithful, and she's a blessing. She took his son, Elian, the, the guy that is in the left side, and both of them are baptized at this point. They are very faithful uh, people. Uh, please pray for them. Uh, and, uh, well, we are, this is the place where we are uh, having meetings. Part of the ministry that, that the Lord has uh, allowed me to do is go to other uh, churches. In this case, it's a Baptist church in the mountains, uh, in, in, in the area of Orizaba, that is something like 20 kilometers from Córdoba, we were at, uh, uh, preaching in a, a meeting of um, marriage. Uh, it was a marriage meeting. It was so blessed. So I have, by the grace of the Lord, 
relation with pastors. Too many of them are receiving the doctrines of grace. And you know, the doctrines of grace is a big, huge blessing, but you need to go deeper and deeper because uh, if you don't do that, you are going to continue to do things that is not um, the right way to uh, worship the Lord in too many cases. So uh, the Lord has given me uh, the blessing to have some relations and, um, with, with pastors, with uh, friends of mine, and they are receiving this uh, teaching. So please pray for us. It's a great opportunity to serve the church. I know that they have different ways of do the things, but uh, how can know about this if you are not having some kind of relation? You are not going to do any compromise. You have to remain faithful to what you believe, to what you practice, but you have to open the opportunity for them to know what you think and what is the right way the Lord is uh, uh, given us the, the, the instructions to be faithful for him. Uh, the other one, we, we were in the, in the uh, mountains in the state of Hidalgo. And in that place, you know, it's incredible what the Lord do. Uh, some young people were uh, working in, in uh, raising this uh, church, Baptist church. And they begin to know about the Reformed theology. Um, one of the men that is uh, under the care of Brother um, Jason... Wenceslao Hernandez, he made contact with them because they are near the, the, the place where he was born. And uh, they invited me to, to go and teach about the uh, regu regulative uh, principle of worship. And it was a tremendous time with people. Uh, I don't know, maybe more than 100 people that were listening, enjoying the word of God. And uh, that's what the Lord has uh, made us do. The next one, it's, um, please, brother, well, this is the last week uh, after, before we begin the, uh, the meeting, the, the, the service. Next, please. And this is the man uh, that are under care of brother uh, Jason. Uh, besides me is brother Jair Luna. He's in Tehuacán, Puebla. Please pray for him. Very good preacher, faithful to the word. The next one is Brother Wenceslao Hernandez, that is in the area of Querétaro. Next is Brother Pepe Luna. He is in the mountains of a, a region which the name is um, La Huasteca Potosina. And uh, they are taking the, this uh, uh, responsibility and the challenge to, to do uh, uh, and to practice their Reformed theology as pastors of their churches. Brother Pablo Enciso, some of, of you know him. And uh, the idea is that we are having meetings um, usually in January and July. Lord willing, this next July we will receive them in Córdoba. Uh, we are trying to uh, learn how to do a Presbyterian week of prayer, just like us. And uh, it's a great challenge, but it's a great blessing. And those men are young people. I am young. You know that you can see that I have 25 years old. But uh, they are really young. And I feel uh, the responsibility for being, not only being in touch with them, but to be with them. They are young people that wants to serve the Lord. And you know, sometimes it's very difficult to be alone. And that blessing that you can be in a community with other brethren that encourage you, 
or that go and tries to encourage you, it's, it's, it's a blessing. And I go and I try to be a blessing for them, but the reality is that I am so blessed when I'm with them. They are very humble, uh, committed, young people trying to serve the Lord, and I am so grateful because of that. Please pray for the world in Mexico. Pray for the challenges that we are facing. We have a progressive um, government. All this agenda is uh, taking place. And uh, we, have a, we have a Leviathan in front of us. Not a Goliath. But I know that the Lord uses not the best, but the people that knows that they are weak. And he uses his grace by his, for his glory. He uses weak people. And we know that by his grace, we can do a difference there in Mexico. Pray for us. Okay? Okay, let's go to the word of our good Lord. Please uh, go with me to Matthew chapter 24. I beg your patience. I know that most of you have a very strong position about eschatology. So those that have a little bit different position than mine, please be um, merciful. <laughs> Try to receive what you have to receive from the Word. And let's uh, see what the Lord is saying in Matthew chapter 24, verses 36. Till verse 51. It says like this. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding in the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in a such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh, who then is a faithful and what servant who is who his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them what to to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find those find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But at and but and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayed his coming. And shall begin to meet his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when, they, when he looketh 
not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his person with the hypocrites, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Brothers, in view of the certainty of the second coming of our good Lord, and our ignorance of the exact day, date, we must always be alert. And as I said, we can have some difference in details, but the reality is that we have to be alert because the Lord can come at this, same, at this precise moment, maybe tomorrow or maybe in 20 years in the future. But we have to be alert. The return of the Lord Jesus Christ and His second coming to consummate His kingdom, judge the living and the dead, and establish His kingdom on earth is one of the ever-present themes for each generation of Christians. You know, each generation has believed to be the one that would see His return. Obviously, He has not taken place in that way. Here we are. Here we are remaining 2023. But he will return. His promise will be accomplished. And when we find ourselves in the midst of challenges, problems, unfortunate events, we tend to want to escape from this fallen world. When facing a situation in which we think we are not prepared, we would like the Lord to break into the heaven and prevent us from facing those things. And this is natural. We are humans. And since it is a reality that our forces and human resources are, limit, are limited. Lord, come in the clouds with great glory, we say. That does not happen. It has not happened. And probably, hardly will happen. I don't think that it will happen. But, you know, the Lord is going to return when He has that uh, date prepared to return. He will come. And too many are not aware that he could come at any moment. And you know, some young single people say or pray, don't come, Lord, until I get married. And when they get married and begin to pray, Lord, come soon. <laughs> However, the Word of God affirms with absolutely certainty that our Lord Jesus Christ Willful hears his promise, his promise and return. There is no doubt about it. But, you know, we don't know when, but we know that he will return. Well, what do we do in the meantime? How shall we uh, uh, respond to this promise still to be accomplished? Well, the Lord gives us clear instructions in his Bible. And you know... Uh, some of you think like me that the Lord is uh, giving us the instructions between the year 70 A.D. and the year that, that was the year of the destruction of the temple of Jerusalem and the city of Jerusalem and his second coming that is still to be fulfilled. The Lord has given us precise and conclusive information as we have read. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, 
until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the son of men be. Then shall to be in the field the one that shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore for you know not what, you are, what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if a good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. There are some truths that I want to... It's too much to say at this point, but let me tell you two, two truths. Number one, the Lord Jesus Christ already fulfilled the first part of his promise by destroying Jerusalem and the temple in 70 AD. Go with me, please, to the first verses of this chapter. It says, As Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for, for to shew him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all, the, all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Tremendous. Verse number three. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the signs of thy coming and of the end of the world? Well, the Lord is answering to these questions. The way in which they pose this question indicates that the disciples understood this part of the, of the words of the Lord, that the fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple were the end of the world. For a Jewish of that time, it maybe represent that. How do you say that it's going to be uh, destroyed this place? That will be the end of the world. Well... They were partially wrong, as Jesus Christ, our Lord, demonstrated. And you know, there is a long period of time between the fall of Jerusalem in the 70 AD and the culmination of the age with his second coming. We are 1,093 years since that moment. However, the disciples were not completely wrong. There is some connection between the judgment of that Jewish nation and the final judgment of the day of the consummation of all things. The fall of Jerusalem is a microcosm of the cataclysms that they will take place at that second coming of our good Lord Jesus Christ. Second truth, let's not be fooled. No one knows the, days, the day or the hour of the second coming of Christ. Uh, in verse 36, it says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. This verse is the answer to that question that was done in verse number 3. His response is something unexpected for that. Disciples, saying that nobody knows the, days and the, and the day and the hour, Jesus says that the day and hour of his coming cannot be known by, by no man, not even the angels. The Father 
has not given authorization to Jesus Christ in his redemption work, in his humiliation, to let us know the day and the hour. And I know that it's involved this, this, this truth that in his human nature, he didn't know. But the overemphasis in, in forecasting his second coming by many, by many is nonsense. How can people uh, uh, make some kind of pronostics about the coming of the Lord Jesus? Too many people is waiting for the Antichrist instead of waiting for the coming of the Christ. Do you know what I mean? We are expecting Jesus Christ, not the appearance of the Antichrist. We shouldn't be uh, worried about that because we are expecting our good Lord. And we know some of us have this uh, persuasion that the, this guy, uh, Neron, was one antichrist. And there is a spirit, this attitude of the world, the world against the uh, Lord Jesus Christ. We are living in that kind of places. We are living in that kind, that kind of nations ruled by this kind of government. They don't want to to recognize, they know in the, in the deepest part of their heart, they know that the real enemy for their interest, for their uh, covet, covetousness, uh, uh, for their interest, that the Lord Jesus will come because he is the real king of the universe. Yesterday, you were as part of the commonwealth uh, uh, celebrating the uh, crowning is the right word for, for uh, uh, the, the King Charles. But that should remind you that there is a King of Kings, a Lord of Lords. Yes, he was crowned. But you know, if the Lord doesn't come in some years, somebody's going to be crowned in that same position. But our, Jesus, but our good Lord Jesus Christ, do you know it? He's the Lord. It doesn't matter what the government, what the society, what everything says. He is king and he will return with a righteous um, and leg legitimate, uh, uh, um, uh, um, uh, or how to say this, this uh, legitimate uh, claim that he is the Lord of everything. Whoever predicts the prophetic calendar is a fool. Jesus does not give us the exact, exact day, but he does give us clues about the kind of attitude that the generation of unbelievers will show when these events take place. There are some instructions that I want to give you respectfully. Number one, don't forget, never forget, that the coming of Jesus Christ in his second coming will be unexpected. We have seen that in verses 37 to 39. Jesus Christ, our Lord, explained that uh, he meant by the days of Noah. Refers to a life centered around normal things. They were eating and drinking. Think about that. What is wrong with eating and drinking? Nothing. It's something 
normal. Well, the idea even is very interesting because that word eating, in the original word, it's, it's, uh, the idea is a people that is making noising, noises, enjoying the food. Do you know what I mean? When you take to your house these chips and the, your voice at home, go to the table and take in the, in the dish some of those. They, they, they uh, make this kind of noises. And that's the idea. That's the idea. They were... Brother Marcus Reyes once said, you Mexicans are always uh, uh, complaining that you are in crisis. Look at you, are fat. What crisis? And that, that'll be this attitude of the people. And drinking. Because when you make noises with your mouth, you need a good soft drink. And you enjoy it. Well, think about that. This is a, a bunch of unbelievers that I enjoy in the blessings of the Lord... While he has said to the people, us, you have to wait for me. But he is not saying, do not enjoy while I come. In a sense, we will be in that same situation with, with an attitude very different. We are enjoying and waiting for him to come. Because that will be a greater joy than eating and drinking. You know, it's normal. Drink. Drink, I mean, you know what I mean. Eat. Enjoy. But wait for your Lord. What you have, it's a blessing from the Lord. Yesterday we had a marvelous day with Brother James, and we were enjoying. We really, well, it wasn't appropriate in that place to make noises, but we wanted to make noises. Today we were at, at, at home with Brother uh, Tony D'Adurno, and they gave us Italian food. It wasn't proper, but we did it. It wasn't proper, we did it. Noises. But we were expecting at any moment that our good Lord would come for us. Brother and sister, you are in a country where labor used to be very important. And too many people not, is not working for living. It's, they are living for working. But you as a Christian should do your work. Receiving the blessings, fruit of your blessed labor. Enjoy it. But respecting your good Lord. Here in, here in Mexico is the same. You know, it's very interesting because it says not only that they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. It's interesting what the Lord doesn't clearly says, but it suggested when he talks about this servant that is violent with, their, with, with, with uh, his co-servants. What was the situation of these people in the time of Noah? They were surrounded by an environment of violence. You know, it's very interesting how the people can adapt to that kind of situations and go and work and obtain what they are going to eat and drink and even they are thinking in being married. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it's not uh, uh, um, so clear here, but in Mexico, with the violence, with this 
people, with these terrible people, the cartels and all those things. Well, let me tell you, it's not as horrible as the media says it is, but it is. It's real. There are places in Mexico that are controlled by the crime. The Lord is judging those places. I'm sure about that. But even in that judgment, He delivers in His general grace and His special and particular grace these blessings. And the people adapt. So the idea is that for the unbelievers, they are just thinking that they deserve it. But in the case of the, the believers, they know that they don't deserve it, but they receive it gladly and th with thankfulness and enjoy it. Brothers and sisters, are you enjoying what the Lord has given to you this day? Make noises when you eat, when you drink, for the glory of God, but respect your good Lord, but because He is coming at any moment. That's a, that's a blessing for us. It's a blessing to be with your family. You know, we were traveling this last uh, Friday. It was an adventure. <laughs> and I was so worried for my sons that were far from me. You know, all the, all, that, all, all the parents wants to be in control of the situation of their sons. The, you, you want, as, as parents, the best for them. And you are always praying. And you are always asking the Lord for, for, for their blessing. They don't understand. They will understand a little bit when they will be fathers, parents. And my heart was aching. And I was praying. And the Lord knew what was what he was going to do. But yesterday at night when we were together, it was, it was a, a little altar for us. The blessing to be the Lord moving in our, for our sake because he's good. We have so many things. And that should remind us that he will return for his church. <sighs> the problem is when that things, when these matters became an end in themselves and we neglect the spiritual tasks, then they are no longer blessings, but a curse. The unbelievers receive a lot of benefits from the Lord, but they are ungrateful. You should be grateful while you are waiting for the Lord. When you take that kind of attitude, that's vulgar materialism, false security, and cold selfishness. Tremendous. It says, Blessed is the servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing. He's talking about this um, uh, unfaithful. Excuse me. I think I had some problem here. You know, Noah was incessantly warning his generation. And finally, the judge came. 
And those who ignored this warning suddenly and unexpectedly found themselves under God's judgment. They were destroyed. The precise times of the coming of the Son of Man is unknown for us, but life will seem to go on as usual. Jesus comes to a world where everything is business as usual, and suddenly the world will experience the worst calamities ever seen on the earth. Matthew 24, verses 40 and 41, Then there will be two in the field, the one will be taken and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding at a meal, the one will be taken and the other will be left. Normal things. A normal day of work. It could be tomorrow. Brother Larry told me we are at this point in Mississauga and we have to travel like an hour to get here. And he said, tomorrow it's, it's Monday. And you have to leave early the house. Too many people. Tomorrow going to work. You, you, you will go to work. It couldn't be tomorrow while you are working. It could be tomorrow, sister, in, in Jesus Christ, that you are preparing the meal and the Lord could come for us. This idea to be taken is very interesting. In the word, Matthew chapter 120, don't go over there. In the chapter 17, verse 1, chapter 18, verse 16, chapter 20, verse 17, this idea taken is the idea involves the idea of taking somebody to be with you. Here points this idea that the salvation is for those that are taken in a very deep way. And the destruction of those that are left. The Lord says, I will return. You don't know when. You have to be vigilant. Suetonius says, quote, that Julius Caesar's policy was never to inform his soldiers in advance of a certain moment of removal or attack in order to always have them ready to go wherever he wanted. This pagan man did that. Our good Lord, the Savior, the God of the universe says, I will return. You have to be expecting my return. Be diligent. Be responsible for your life. Let's not let the emphasis escape. We must be ready because He's coming for us. Our good Lord is without warning. Jesus follows a few parables in the future uh, uh, parts of, the, of these chapters to speak about that. Remember, He said in chapter 24, verse 40, 42, Watch therefore for ye... Oh, excuse me. Ah... Uh, Excuse me. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. The lesson is clear. We must be constantly alert and vigilant. We have to live a life consecrated to God, aware of the coming judgment of our Lord. Let us be prudent and maintain spiritual and moral acuity. How? How do we do that? Well, by the means of grace. Praying. Being fed, being fed on the Word of God, congregating, participating in the sacraments, and brothers and sisters, we will persevere being vigilant. Never forget that the second coming of Jesus Christ will be unexpected. In number two, 
Let's be sober and cautious because the Lord could come at any moment. It could be today. But know this, verse 43, that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. The comparison of this coming of the Lord with that of a night thief is also found in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 4. Don't go there. Just let me say something very quickly. Being unnoticed is inexcusable. Being unnoticed is inexcusable. Second Peter verses three, chapter 3, verse 10. It's, it, it talks about the second coming as a firm promise with catastrophic results. It is an incentive for a life of sanctification. Revelation 3.3 3 and 16.50. The sudden coming is a source of terror to the unbelievers, but a blessing and a blessed hope and promise for us as believers. As the owner of the house, we do not know when the Lord comes. And he gives us this example, this parable of this thief coming at night. What we know is that when the Lord returns, His coming is definitive. His coming will give no opportunity for repentance. Meanwhile, we do what the Lord has ordered us to do. Be ready. It's synonym of being alert, watchful, ready in the mind and in the heart all day long, every day until the Lord comes. You celebrated the Lord's Supper in the morning. And you know, I was teaching about this in the church. And the participation, the celebration of this glorious ordinance, sacrament, is so blessed. When you understand the idea, Paul says, Paul says that every time that you drink this cup and eat this bread, you are announcing to one another that our good Lord died for us, was risen, and we have to do that. Until when? Until he returns. Just one promise to be fulfilled, and it will be fulfilled. Are you ready? If you're not, go. Repent. Let's go and repent. Because we think that we're ready, and the reality is we're not ready. We're not doing what we're supposed to do. But we should, and we go every day to the throne of grace and ask for his forgiveness and his grace to be ready. If you are prepared, thank God. But we should be waiting for him to come, to long to see him. Every time that we are together, we should comfort each other with these words. Let's pray. Our good Lord, thank you for your kindness, your love, for your sustaining grace, for your Holy Spirit. I know that I was preaching to people that 
knows maybe better than I these things. And I respectfully address to this message. I address it to my own heart. Lord, I love what you have done in my life to this point. And I know that our good brethren, my good brethren, are so thankful to you. But we want to come to your throne of grace to ask for your forgiveness, for, forgive, for, for, for this ability that we have to, to forget this glorious promise. Help me to remember it when I am in a complicated situation. When you return everything that I think it's uh, 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 an opportunity to, to get worried, the reality is that it's going to be sold for you in a twinkle of an eye. Lord, while we are waiting for you to come, to return, makes us remember that we should be, must be, vigilant in working in our salvation for the glory of your name. Bless this congregation. Bless this week of prayer. Bless every one of my brethren, of my brethren elders, and makes us shine and be the salt of this world, always remembering that you will come, that we should be diligent and expecting your second coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Our brother has reminded us tonight, and it's always good to have this reminder to watch and be ready, for we do not know the day or the hour of the Lord's return. And the word to us tonight and to any who might not know the Lord as Savior, we have some visitors tonight watching online. Friend, you need to be ready and make preparation. And the only way to be prepared for the Lord's coming is to be sure that you are washed from your sin in his own precious blood, to know that you have a relationship with the living Christ, and so that we will not be caught out, but that we will be ready and welcoming and anticipating our Lord's return. We're going to sing one hymn in closing, 189, When the Roll is Called Up Yonder, I Will Be There, 189. The opening line, when the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more, morning breaks eternal, bright and fair, when the saved of earth shall gather over on the other shore, when the roll is called up yonder, I will be there. Let that be your testimony tonight. We'll stand please to sing.
tonight with thanksgiving for the day when we were brought into Christ and he became ours and we were brought to him. That day when our sins were placed under the blood of his atoning sacrifice and we know today we have peace with God through him. And Lord, I pray that each one of us will live each day in the light of that truth and the great eternal purposes that our Father, that you are working in our lives, that we will willingly submit to that and we will have joy, not turmoil, not melancholy, not depression, but rather with an eye single to the glory of Christ and us looking for the the larger picture and welcoming the coming of our Lord and Savior. Father, that's a message we have to proclaim to this dying world, and I pray that we might do it with all our hearts. Separate us now in your fear with rich blessing. Go with everyone here. Bless all of our families until we meet again. Hear our prayers and bless us for Jesus' sake. Amen.